Welcome to the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host. In case you didn't know, Bammer stands for Badass Mother Runner. This podcast will bring you stories from across Kentucky and beyond about badass women running and the people that support them. Let's get started. Hey guys, it's Stephanie Boyd. I'm back with another episode, uh, episode 22, and I'm excited to introduce Ashley Schutz to y'all this week. She's a mom, hiker, wife, barber, and ultra runner here in the Louisville area. And in this episode, she tells us a little bit about how, how her love for the outdoors as a kid kind of evolved and made her the runner that she is today. Um, she tells us a little bit about falling ill with an autoimmune disease after having her first daughter and essentially experiencing um, Guillain-Barre syndrome really impacted the way she approached life after going through therapy and relearning how to walk and do a lot of things over again. And so she started chasing distances past the 5K distance and, and progressed to finishing her first 100-mile race um, last fall in 2019. So um, I love this episode. I hope that you enjoy it. And really um, hear Ashley talk about her gratitude for the running community, but also um, her best piece of advice to people, which is while things, bad things can happen to us sometimes, um, her advice is to don't look back and just keep moving forward and persevere. So without further ado, here's Ashley. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. I'm Stephanie Boyd, your host, and today I am very happy to welcome our guest, Ashley Schutz. I want to make sure I say that correctly, so Ashley can tell me if I'm wrong here in just a second. But Ashley, you want to say hi to everybody and welcome to the podcast. Hey, everyone. Yeah, it's uh, Ashley Schutz. Schutz. So you got it right. Yay! All right. I love it when I get it right the first time. (laughs) yeah it can be tricky oh well I um I want to thank Ashley for being patient as we got set up today uh because I am at home recording this podcast and as you all know we are in the midst of a lot of people having to work from home and their children are out of school because of COVID-19 issues and so I am working on uh, internet connection where my children also are working, so it's been a challenge, but I'm glad you hung in there, Ashley. I appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, no no problem at all. Same same here. <laughs> so you film out, you, you can film me, so it's- Absolutely. Uh, we've got that. We've got that mutual connection today. Um, so Ashley, I know that again, this is, um, this is new. You've said you haven't done a podcast like this before, and so- um, I think it's interesting because typically when I'm interviewing somebody for the podcast, it's someone I'm, I'm, I'm very familiar with or pretty familiar with, um, but I'm starting to get requests and interviews from people who I maybe not am so familiar with. And while I know you, Ashley, it's, um, I don't know you well as I would um, a companion or a friend that I see every day. So I'm really excited to get to know you better and learn a little bit more about you today. And I know everybody listening is also. Um, So why don't we start off by kind of how we do every podcast and you just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself as a person. How do you identify and what are some of the uh, roles that you put on yourself as a daily human being walking around? Yeah, um, thanks. Uh, Yeah, so... Uh, I am like a lot of people that are probably going to be listening to this is 
a busy mom. I have two girls. Uh, one is six and the other one's 15. So I have a kindergartner and then a high schooler. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and then I am also a barber. So I cut hair, um, a few days a week. Um, and I've been married for, uh, eight years. Um, me and my family are really big hikers. Um, that's something that we kind of all do together. We go backpacking out West or on the Appalachian trail, or even just, you know, at the red river gorge, it's kind of like our favorite spot. Um, yeah. So just, and my kids are in sports and, and so just kind of living that busy mom life, I guess, and then trying to include family functions uh, as well. And I'm really tight with my, you know, my parents and my siblings also. So we always try to get together. So you're also a daughter and a sister. Yes, for yeah. sure. I have lots of siblings actually. <laughs> That's awesome. So you're, obviously you're busy if your kids are in sports, that right there is like a huge indicator. Um, and <laughs> and can take up a lot of your life. So we're going to talk about that a little bit later um, when we get into more of like um, your, your training for races and things like that. But so, so I've already learned something new about you, which is that um, you're a barber. So I have a feeling I'm getting ready to learn something else new about you, which is um, when did you first start running? Like what is your first memory of running? And did you, were you a runner? Like, cause I'm putting that label on you right now, obviously, as we're talking, you didn't mention that necessarily because you said hiking, but I'm putting runner also on your um, labels, but um, what's your, what's your first memory of hiking? Like, have you always been an outdoors type of person or tell us a little bit about that? Uh, yeah. I mean, as a, as a child, I would go hiking with my grandpa and with my siblings. Um, as far as running goes, uh, I always kind of had like a passion for running. Um, I remember watching Olympics with my dad and, you know, just kind of being in all of the sprinters and just being fascinated with, you know, how fast they can run. And, and then um, it just kind of over time at high school, I didn't really run or like cross country or on a team. Um, but I just, I don't know. It's just always kind of something that I love to do. I would just go run out in my neighborhood mm -hmm. and run the block a couple times. And um, it's just something that I did on a pretty regular basis in high school, just kind of for myself. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of that. And then hiking, just kind of this small things like camping and, you know, we were pretty outdoorsy as kids, but yeah, I mean, yeah, nothing, nothing too crazy. Just, just the typical outdoors with my grandparents and my mom and we would go to the lake and camp and yeah. Are you originally from here? Yes, I am originally from here. Uh, growing up, we did move around quite a bit. Um, but yeah, for the most part, my, most of my life I've lived right here in Louisville. Okay. I'm just wondering if when you were traveling around when you were younger or, you know, where you were able to camp and, you know, I wasn't really exposed to 
camping per se. I mean, I was outside a lot when I was younger, but like mm -hmm. camping was not really like throwing a tent camping. Um, <laughs> like we went to lodges where people were camping, but we might've stayed like in a hotel room or something. So I don't have a lot of memories of like hiking and camping when I was younger, but I, we try to take our kids um, a, lo a lot um, in the summer, different places to hike and to run outside. And I just think of like how much more exposed my kids are to different parts of the United States, like outside of where we live every day. And just wondering if you, um, if your kids are active and do they like to do those same things with you? And, you know, is it different than when you were growing up? Uh, yeah, I mean, when I was growing up, the type of camping that we did was more like uh, lake camping. We would uh -huh. go to Barron or Cumberland and, you know, have a kind of primitive on at the campground. And then we would vote and kind of do that. Um, I didn't really get into like serious hiking until, I don't know, 10 year, 10-ish years ago. Uh, somewhere around there and yeah my oldest daughter when she was eight years old we went you know out west to Washington State and did some more serious backpacking with her so she she's definitely been exposed to more of that at a younger age than even I was um, that's amazing and, you know yeah we've taken them to usually once a year we do a little uh, section of the Appalachian Trail and we just try to make it fun for them and they, they love it. They really do. That's awesome. So your husband yeah. likes to hike too, then that's always helpful if you have somebody on board <laughs> with hiking and camping. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to do by yourself as, you know, one person with kids. Yeah, for sure. It's definitely something that I think, um, you know, my oldest daughter is from a previous marriage. So my husband now, um, when we kind of met and started dating that was kind of something that we both really started getting into more as a couple uh -huh. so we would go to the gorge uh, red river gorge and just kind of do some hiking there and then we would bring the kids and that's kind of where it really started uh, on the more serious hiking is me and him doing it kind of together yeah. and having something to like keep us bonded and then you know and then bringing our the girls into it mm -hmm. and then just go in, you know, from place to place and try and try new adventures. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. So now going back to where you said you were running in high school and you mainly did that for yourself. When do you, um, let's talk a little bit about maybe after high school, when do you, do you remember your first race? Like, do you race? Did you race a lot? Have you raced a lot? I mean, I know what you've done recently, but can, do you remember your, like your first race that you did and how did you feel uh, about it? Um, yeah. So, um, about probably kind of in that same range, I said 10, a 10 year mark is a lot, a lot of stuff kind of happened. <laughs> I, I know I was like 10 years, but, um, yeah. So I had actually come down with, um, um, a, um, an autoimmune, uh, syndrome, I guess is what it would be called, mm -hmm. and I uh, was really ill. Um, I didn't really run after I had my daughter, my oldest daughter, um, and then then kind of immediately after that is when I got sick, you know, a couple years after that, and um, 
put me in the hospital. I, I was, wasn't able to, I had to kind of relearn to walk and, um, I had severe muscle weakness from, uh, it was called Guillain-Barre syndrome. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so that kind of like triggered me into like getting my health back on track, you know, after mm-hmm. having my oldest daughter, you just live in that first mom life and didn't really take care of myself or my health. Right. And, right. uh, yeah. So, and then I came down with that illness and, um, it just, it, it just changed my life. I mean, mm-hmm. like, I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that if something big happens in your life. And mm-hmm. that was kind of my pivotal point, um, to get myself back on track. And once I was able to go through therapy and, you know, kind of get my strength back and, and, uh, I just went from walking to, you know, kind of getting back into that running again. And then, um, it just kind of, it just kind of blossomed from there. Like I just, I needed it. I, mm-hmm. I needed to go out on those runs. And so over a period of time, I just um, kind of kind of kept building and decided I want to do a, a 5k. Uh, my first 5k, I, I believe was the Anthem 5k. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, yeah, and then just from that, I would just do those and then the triple crown and it just, you know, over time, just kind of build and added more races and kind of chasing those, those um, distances or, or times. And it just, it just become part of who I am now. Mm-hmm. Did you, when you were re- uh, recovering from the autoimmune disease and going through therapy and all of that, at that point, could any, if people were like telling you, you know, you're going to run a 5k, you're going to do all multiple race series, races, you know, what, what would you have said at that point? Did you, was that even something on your radar you thought you would do, you could do, or kind of where was your mindset? Were you, you know, looking back now, hindsight's 2020, but did you think you would be doing all those things 10 years ago? Yeah, absolutely not. Like, (laughs) no way, no way. Like, like I said, I, yeah, no way. And really, I will say what really triggered it um, during the my illness, um, I do want to say I had a girl that I worked with that actually put a 5K race on for me to help raise money because, you know, at that time, uh, I wasn't married yet. So I was a single mom mm-hmm. uh, working at a job that I did not, um, you know, I was self-employed. So Mm -hmm. she put this 5k race on for me and I was so inspired and just in awe of like the love and support that people had shown me. It was very, very, um, humbling experience for me. And so Mm -hmm. that just kind of, that was another kind of trigger. Like if people come out here and, you know, give, give me, you know, a sense of, I can pay my bills and Mm -hmm. run three miles, three point, you know, one miles, like I can do that. Mm-hmm. I can do that. Mm-hmm. And that, that really kind of triggered the, like, you know, I fought this and it was very difficult time in my life. And, mm-hmm. and then I just felt like, yeah, I'm just chasing that. I know I can do hard things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, it's, so it's interesting. Like you said, there are probably other people that have gone through a life experience that changes your um, perspective on life in general and maybe helps reprioritize things that are important. Um, you know, as moms, we, I feel like a lot of us just kind of always put ourselves on the back burner. And that's not to say that dads don't do it. But I mean, in your case, being a single mom, there wasn't someone that, you know, necessarily was there to say, you need to take care of yourself too, Ashley, while you're taking care of your family all the time, probably. I mean, I think we just, and as moms, we're just like hardwired that way. It's kind of, we have to make sure everybody else is taken care of first, and then maybe we'll have time <laughs> to take care of yep. ourselves, but then maybe not. So, um, yeah, so I think you're right, though, that whole thing about, okay, I have a new perspective coming out of being ill and my health has to be a priority now. Um, you know, that's sometimes we kind of need that different perspective yeah. to say, I have to, I have to make myself a priority. I have to make myself a priority now, which is really hard. You know, was it difficult for you to change that mindset? Obviously you had motivation from your friends um, in the running community with the 5k that they did for you, but on a day-to-day -day basis, how did you find time to recover and then train plus work and take care of your family? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It, it was very, it was very challenging to, you know, just try to like pick up the pieces and, you know, get, get out there and like take time for myself. I think, you know, what had happened to me really, like I said, it, it did change my life. And I knew that like, I needed to take that time. And, you know, you go through that period of like, feeling selfish, like, you know, I've got to take the time for myself. But I knew I had to, I knew mm -hmm. my health was important. And I knew that I needed to, you know, get my strength back and to prove it to my, my oldest daughter that, you know, bad things sometimes happen. And, you know, you can pick up the pieces and get back out there and, and just keep on going and, mm -hmm. and, and, and don't look back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you, you ran several races, obviously started with the 5k and started training and building upon that. And, um, so I, I think I remember meeting you at the first, like really remember meeting you and, um, seeing you, although you have been in Moms Run This Town, our running group for like a couple of years now, I think uh, we all don't have the benefit of getting to run with each other all the time. But I think I first maybe met you the first Falls uh, 100, the first year. You were there registered for the 50 miler? Yes, that's yeah. correct. Yeah. 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 So I was too. And that was the first year of <laughs> the muddy mess that was um, the Falls 100. But so people don't usually, I say usually because you and I probably know exception to this rule, people don't usually just sign up for a 50 miler at like, at, you know, on a whim. Um, so obviously there was some training decisions that had to be made in training to, to do a 50 miler. Had you done a, that distance before or tell us a little bit about how you kind of progress for maybe running, say the, a triple crown series to that distance of 50 miles. Uh, okay, yeah, so I, I, I've ran a few marathons, uh, road marathons, mm -hmm. and, um, you know, my love for trails um, and, and just running, 
I, I ran a little bit of trail, just like kind of on my own. Um, but after I, I ran, uh, I think the last marathon I had ran was the Indianapolis Marathon. Mm-hmm. And I just was kind of feeling, you know, kind of bored. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I still loved running, but I, I just, I like to challenge myself. I wanted something different, something mm-hmm. new. And so I was just like, not really a part of the trail running community at all. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. just kind of was like looking up races and happened to just fall upon the fall 100. And, and I, I was kind of initially looking for like a 50K to do because mm-hmm. uh, that would kind of make more sense. <laughs> going from a marathon to a 50k right uh, but I wasn't really seeing anything like I said there's tons of races out there but being completely new like I didn't know where to kind of look or where to get right. started right so I just found the falls and I was like you know I mean I could do 50 miles I mean I think I could do that like with no training whatsoever on trails whatsoever uh-huh. uh so I'm just like you know okay whatever I'll I'll give it a whirl so I signed up for it and this was like you know the race is in December so I had signed up in the July that July uh-huh. and just kind of was winging it I'm kind of that type of person that just kind of <laughs> comes up with a plan somewhat yeah, yeah. Um, and then just and just kind of doing my own research and then I found you guys um and to try to kind of get connected with other people mm-hmm. and yeah I just would go out to Turkey Run do some trail running there uh go to Jefferson Memorial I mean I was just really honestly just kind of winging my my training and uh mm-hmm. that's what led me to the fall well I mean you do you did have the benefit of of hiking so for people that are road runners that you know, want to try to do trail running. It's quite a switch. So I think that um, you did have the benefit of being familiar with, you know, the, even just the rigors of going out on a hike, you know, if there's a good amount of elevation, it's, it can be very humbling. I think people uh, really kind of downplay this, how strenuous hiking can be unless they've actually done some true hiking so I mean you so you have um you did have that benefit so you kind of knew what you were getting into in terms of maybe the activity level that you would need um and I'm not saying trail running is harder than road road running I don't want people to like get up in arms about that but I mean I just think it's a different type of training that you have to do so um and really honestly our area there's not a ton of variety or variation in where you can go to get really good trail training. I mean, you're kind of put in certain places. So that is definitely true. I I should have, should say that I have done some, some pretty serious backpacking. So I did have experience on trails like, Mm -hmm. and you are right. Road running and trail running are difficult on their own, like separate. Mm -hmm. Um, So it is very different, but yeah, like, the elevation, your foot placement, it's mm-hmm. all just very different from roadway. So I did have some experience with just hiking. Yeah. Uh, which is a lot of training too, right. honestly. Right. Yeah, no, I agree. I think some of the, some of the, my road running, the best road races I've ever had, 
I was um, coming off of like training for a trail race or I was doing hiking or trail running as part of my cross training days. Yes. Yeah. Um, for sure. So yeah, there's such a benefit to just getting out and walking or hiking on trails for sure. Um, but there, it takes a comfort level um, as well to be feel really confident about trail running, I think. So it's, I think, I feel like you probably had that, which was a strength other people that signed up for the, the falls did not have, um, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, yes, I agree. Yeah. So now, so let's talk about the, the first falls, uh, 50 milers. So as soon as my husband and I got there, this was his first 50 mile attempt. Um, and he'd never run anything over a marathon and he was not a huge trail runner. Most of his training had been on roads, but my husband likes a good challenge. Um, now I had been training on trails, but obviously like the last two, eight weeks before that, it, like everything was so muddy and it had been really rainy. I think that I hadn't been running on trails very much. And when we got there, my husband was like, I am not even attempting to do this. 50 <laughs> He's like, we're just cutting it down right now. So I had just run a 40 mile race, like in the summer. And I was like, okay, well, let's just go out and see what it's like. Um, you know, maybe things are going to clear up and it'll be better in the morning because we came in on Friday and, um, yeah, as you know, it did get better. It like poured rain on <laughs> Friday night into Saturday. Uh-huh. And, um, so what, what I, people have heard already, my thoughts about that race, which I loved, by the way, I mean, I love the race directors and I love the, where it's at. Um, my husband, ha, my husband's mom has a cabin there. So we have been going there for years in the summer. Um, so I knew exactly what we were getting into minus all the rain, but, um, like no switchbacks and things like that. But so I'm just curious, like, what were your thoughts when you got there and just kind of how were you feeling about how you prepared and were you worried at all? Um, so yeah, I mean, I was definitely a little worried because, you know, they were, uh, like the week prior, they were like previewing, <laughs> Mm -hmm. and I was seeing lots and lots and lots of mud and so I was a little nervous. If you weren't already anxious during your taper time that that always uh -huh. helps to see. <laughs> For sure yeah yeah so yeah we get down there that Friday night um, and it like rains non-stop the whole night and I'm just like oh this is gonna be this is gonna be this is gonna be interesting. Um, and then when we're all kind of like standing there the next morning about to uh, head out and Jeff is kind of standing there like, you know, if you want to defer to next year, cause it is like torrential downpouring, uh, you know, sideways. it was raining sideways. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah. And I was like, Oh Lord, this is not good. Uh, and then, so then you run like, I don't know about a half mile to the trail. Uh, and we, I kind of stood there. Uh, looking, looking straight, straight up, up thinking <laughs> oh my gosh what did I get myself into uh-huh and then there was that sign I don't even remember what it says but playtime's over or something like that I was like oh my. and then like rain is just like torrential mm -hmm. downpouring and muds everywhere and I was like oh I and immediately in that moment I was like okay um I've already got to like switch my 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 mind like mm -hmm, gear changed mm -hmm. already I knew mm -hmm. this was gonna take me a lot longer than I anticipated yep. and so I just kind of had already changed and said okay 
at this point, I'm just telling myself, you're just going to go out there and you're just going to do it. And you're just, Mm -hmm. and however long it takes, you're just going to go out there uh, and just, and just get it done. And so I kind of like at that moment changed my mindset because I just knew goals that I had previously in my head were out the window. It was just impossible. Right. Right. So, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And then we just kind of, here we go. Yeah. I remember that first climb, that first climb, I was just like, you know, that's the point of the race, like where it's really quiet and but all you can hear are footsteps going up that hill, but it's like not even yeah. footsteps. It's just like muddy. I don't even know. And you, of course, you know, we heard that the whole race, but um, I know there was a point where one of the ladies in our group, Rachel, I saw her and um, we ran for a little bit and I saw you and Karen and that was probably like the second loop. And I got back to my car and my husband was there and he was like, we ran that second loop or first loop together. And my husband was there and we went the second loop together, but we decided to um, just go the marathon distance that year. Um, yes. But I remember crossing and then Rachel was coming up behind us the second loop. And I told her, you know, I think we're, we're going to head out. And um, I was like, text me when you're done, you know, let me know. And so then we, we went back and I knew that Rachel was probably going to run with you guys some. And so I didn't feel, I felt kind of bad leaving you guys, but I was like, at the same time, I know you'll be fine. So we got back to the cabin and like we showered and got all the mud off of us and we were eating and it started pouring rain again. And then it was like lightning. And I tried to text Rachel and I didn't get any answer back. And I got really worried. Um, for you guys. And, and I was checking Facebook like for updates and wasn't seeing anything about you guys right away on Facebook. And I was like, what's going on? It was nerve wracking to wonder how you guys were doing out there. And so tell us a little bit just about like how, because obviously spoiler alert, you got through the 50 miler where, you know, mentally, how did you like, were you guys just out there giving each other pep talks? Was nobody talking? Like, where were you all in terms of your headspace while you were doing that? Uh, so I met Rachel, um, like I guess halfway through the first loop and, uh, kind of stuck with her a little bit. And then, you know, we, we came in and I had, I literally had just met her. Uh, I came in, um, <laughs> to, go out to the second loop and Karen was standing there um and then you know Rachel introduced me to her I'd seen their names you know on the 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 group Uh and so uh yeah we kind of just headed back out together and then I don't know like halfway through we were just like the second loop we were like let's just stick together Uh we you know it'll be better with if we all just kind of stick together we're more likely to finish Mm -hmm. And, you know, we'll just get each other through, you know, this crazy race. And um, so, yeah, like we made a pact that we were just going to kind of stick together. And yeah, it was a lot of, I mean, for not meeting them, I mean, they knew Mm -hmm. everything about my life. I knew everything about Rachel's, everything about Karen. Like, Well, you got to spend a lot of time together. (laughs) We spent a lot of time together and we were just laughing and cutting up. Like mental, our mental game was, I mean, so good. it was so tough Yeah, that race was, but I mean, our mental game was good. Like we were yeah. good. 
we yeah. were we we were gonna finish we knew we were and we never thought about quitting Rachel kind of struggled a little bit towards the very end just because she had some pains in her I think her knees um but she you know she was she soldiered through and yeah we just tried to make pep talk each other and laugh and just you know joke with other people that we saw and right that's all you really could do <laughs> yeah you just had to make the best of the situation I do remember when Rachel sent me the text and said we're finally done um, and I was so relieved to get that text message because I was like, okay, I can actually sleep now. Like it was early in the morning when she texted me and I was like, okay, cause I didn't sleep really well. Like it was just, yeah, I mean, it was just bad weather, but we were tired from doing even two laps. So I can't imagine how exhausted you guys were fighting through all that for yeah, that many loops. Almost 21 hours, <laughs> 20, <laughs> almost 21 hours. And yeah, yeah, like in the middle of the night, it's lightning and thunder for <laughs> the middle of this build. Yeah. And Rachel's like, what, what do we do? You what couldn't even hunker like, down. You couldn't even do no. like lightning protection because you were, it was feet, like, you know, two feet of water you were standing in. Yeah, you know, we're like, well, <laughs> we're just going to keep on, keep on, keeping on, I guess. Oh, yeah. So you got finished with that 50 miler. And then what did you think? Were you done uh, running for a while or? Oh my gosh, no. It was like a week and a half, maybe. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Me and Karen were like, let's sign up for the 100 miler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know what we were <laughs> thinking. I, we definitely encouraged each other on that. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You were good, it bad influences. We were very bad influences a good bad influences <laughs> on each other I don't know what we were thinking but yeah after going through all that my husband I was like we're gonna sign up for the hundred he was like what, what? is wrong with you Do well you here's my thought yeah but here's my thought you thought it couldn't get any worse right like it yep. had to be better the next year right and yeah you Jeff we knew they were like gonna work on um you know the tr no one was gonna be out there on the trails they were really gonna work to help get those trails even better for the next year. There's no way it could rain that much again in the second year, right? Like, because yeah. we were talking about on the way home, we were like, we really love that race and we're gonna do it again next year. It has to be better. Like, it can't be worse, <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, so yeah um, I remember, Will, yes, for sure. I remember, uh, you know, Will Rivera won the 100 miler, like he was mm -hmm. first, came in first. And I remember him passing us, on you know one of the mini loops and he I remember him saying it kind of stuck out in my head he said uh if you all can do this you all can do basically anything of course I'd, I'd take all of that I'm mm -hmm. like oh okay cool mm -hmm. I can mm -hmm. do anything so mm -hmm. I kept that in the back of my mind for sure well, with sage advice from a very experienced ultra runner for sure I remember sure. when he crossed the finish line he's he made, you know, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but I mean, he's, he basically said, I forgot how hard 100 milers were, <laughs> but I think like, again, that was, it, it was, it took him a long time, like longer than normal to complete. Like that was not his goal. That would not have been his goal time to finish that race in the time that he did either. I think. Um, yeah. I mean, he still did it in like 24 hours. Yeah. He was so fast. Insane. Yeah. 
considering the conditions. He was like a little right. gazelle out there. But right. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad he was out there. to. That's the great part about the running community. I mean, I think a race like that will put everybody in a more, in a level playing field in the terms of we're all in this together. We're going to support each other. It doesn't matter what my pace is or your pace. We all have to do it the same amount, right? Like we're all still doing this many miles and this many loops and we're going to get through it together. So it's always nice to see people that are different levels of running come together, especially in situations like that where it's very, very tough. Yeah. It's just so, uh, just so supportive. So supportive. Yeah. So you knew what you, what to expect in terms of the course and preparing for 2019 and your 100 mile race. So tell us a little bit about kind of, synopsis of how you trained was it very similar to how you did the 50 mile or did you tweak some things and then we want to hear kind of how race day went I I I stalked you the whole time you were out there through social media because we ended up not going my husband had an injury so we didn't go but um tell us a little bit about your journey for training in the race you probably stalked me for a couple days but uh how long long it took uh so (laughs) Yeah, uh, training wise, um, you know, I kind of cut back a little bit in the first of the year after the 50 mile and just kind of had fun, did whatever I wanted. You know, I, I, I love train mode, but also mm-hmm. I, I think you really have to appreciate just kind of cutting back a little bit and just going back and doing just running that, that you, the type of running you, that you just enjoy doing too. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was really important to me to do that. Um, and then by the summer, um, I definitely started to kind of kick up the mileage, uh, training plan wise, um, you know, me and Karen had met, um, and had decided we were going to do some of the really long training runs together. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we had a couple of training plans that we just kind of found online. And I, I, although I love a good training plan, I am not a hundred percenter like Mm -hmm. I I I take it and I I adjust it to what fits my schedule and Mm -hmm. my life Mm -hmm. and and I'm not really too hard on myself as far as um sticking to it a hundred percent now with that for the hundred miler it was very important that you stick to your long runs I we did a lot of back-to-backs. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, the planes that we use were basically, um, you know, you would do a 20 or a 30 miler one day and then a 20 miler the next day. And basically you're doing that repetitively like each weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of flip-flopped that. We did the easier day on like a Saturday <laughs> and then the harder day Sunday, which was very mentally challenging, mm-hmm. but I also believe that it really helped and paid off. Um, so yeah, we would do, I would go out to like Turkey run and do like 20 miles Saturday morning. And then Sunday, you know, Karen and I would meet with headlamps on at Jefferson Memorial and grind out 30 miles. Uh, and usually they were, they weren't pretty, uh, they were, did you flip the training days and do the long run second because of your schedule or did you just want that 
the benefit of being really exhausted for that second run? I, I think initially it was scheduling, but then mm-hmm. it kind of was more like it, it felt, it felt like it was just that, that added your, we're on tired legs anyways, but you're also pushing yourself a little bit more than, you know, if you wouldn't have flip-flopped it the other way. I, uh-huh. I actually liked it, even though it was really difficult. I did like, you know, I think me and Karen actually really enjoyed doing that. It, it felt like we were tougher, you know what I mean? Like, it felt more difficult because running the Sunday. 50 miles in a weekend did not qualify as making you tough you're gonna make it even tougher right I mean yeah yeah but it did I mean oh they were long <laughs> they were long days but uh yeah so we did that um several times um and I didn't we didn't run any more than uh 30 and one yeah you know, 24 hour period, but yeah, we were doing basically 50 miles in less than, you know, two days. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then leading up to, uh, you know, all the miles and, and then just kind of gauging nutrition. And that's, you know, at that point for me, I, I was consuming kind of everything. I knew that when race day came, like they were going to have all kinds of options and, and, you know, I, I, I have, I like, I'm I'm not a huge gel fan. So Mm -hmm. I do, I did find some that I, I like. Um, and then, but I knew I wasn't going to stick to that the whole time. So yeah, just kind of trying out everything, Mm -hmm. all nutrition, all, Mm -hmm. all electrolytes to see what felt, you know, felt good felt like no that's a deal breaker yes I can consume that if I need to you know kind of all that right yeah I think nutrition is a big one that a lot of people not I mean a lot of people struggle with and you know science even tells us once you found something that works for you it won't work for for you forever um Mm -hmm. you know your body will need to make adjustments and you know i I think one of the benefits for me personally, and it sounds like probably is what it helped you too, was experimenting across the board. So not just with manufactured food, but like real food. And like you said, I mean, when you're at a treasure treasure trove uh, of food at an aid station and you're start, you know, it's in the middle of the night and you're hungry, like you're, you will just start to pick up things and eat them. (laughs) not really knowing, you know, if you haven't tried that already, what it will do to your GI system. Um, I have decided I can eat just about anything when I'm running long distance. And I don't know Mm -hmm. if that's just how I'm built or if I've trained myself that way, but either way, I mean, I do recommend people try it because it could really help you in the, in the long run. I mean, your body typically goes towards things that it needs you know, or if it's deficient in something. And so, you know, when you're looking in the middle of the night and you have like a protein bar in your pack, but this table has, you know, bananas and oranges and trail mix and chocolate and pancakes, whatever, you know, your body's going to lean towards the things you have to have a lot of self-control or you just have to know what your body can handle. So 
I'm glad that you experimented um, a little bit on that. And some people are like really strict and, and they, they're like, I can't do anything but A, B, and C. But you know, they still had to figure that out through trial and error too. So I feel like people do it. They just don't talk about it enough because sometimes it's not a pretty story to tell. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, I mean, de definitely, I know, you know, some people are pretty strict about their, you know, like you said, what they want to consume and what works for them. And Hey, more power to you. If you know, I just, for me, I, I just felt like I wanted to have all the options. Mm -hmm. Like I just, for me, it wasn't about like, you know, restricting or, or being particular about anything. I just wanted to kind of try everything so that, you know, for me, my gut was prepared for Mm -hmm. whatever I wanted to consume, if that's what I wanted to consume and that yeah. it would be okay. Yep. Uh, I just have read so many, like, you know, doing the hundred mile distance, you know, you get to a point where your stomach is not going to agree with you a mm -hmm. lot. And so mm -hmm. I, I wanted to kind of prepare for worst case scenario. Yeah. So did you battle any GI distress or what, what were your, you know, during your 100 mile race experience, did you, what did you, what surprised you? Like, did you think, oh, my feet are going to be the issue, but it was my stomach or vice versa? Or, um, what do you think you learned the most about your body coming out of that? Yeah, I would definitely say um, I, I, I did have, I was super nauseous through the nighttime. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it, it, enough to where a couple times actually during the hundred miler I, I got sick and but it, it was almost immediate relief too I, I was mm -hmm, mm -hmm. definitely lots of loops nauseous um but I also knew like I had to consume like my husband was right there like you have to, like each age they you have to eat something like I don't mm -hmm. care what you eat pick mm -hmm. something so yeah it, it was hard sometimes I think I went maybe like you know a few miles without consuming anything like several miles um and I knew that I had to kind of gain that because once you lose that it's hard to come back from so I just kind of ate whatever felt like I could stomach mm -hmm. honestly mm -hmm. yeah uh and that was that was pretty big learning curve for me just just listening to what my body says and even when it says you don't want anything pick something and, mm -hmm. and just you don't have to eat a lot but just you know just a little bit of something yeah. to help kind of relieve that that nausea that I had quite a bit of yeah I mean you're in that situation you're going to be in a calorie deficit until you're done yeah. anyway so it's more it's more about just like almost fooling your body <laughs> into thinking yeah. you can move forward with some nutrition but um, I did a 50 mile race that started at 8 p.m., which um, I did on purpose because I'd never run through the whole nighttime at that point. And I wanted to see what would happen. And my husband's like, it's gonna be horrible for you because I like, I like to sleep, I'm a very regimented person with sleep. So there's the loss of sleep, which is important mm -hmm. to work through. But then your body is used to sleeping and not eating at that time. So it almost felt like you were force feeding yourself, you know, which was difficult. And you do, I did get nauseous. I did eat quite a bit, but you know, your body is just like trying to reject 
that new normal you're forcing on it <laughs> at 3 a.m., you know? Yeah, yes, I totally agree. Like, and I had done um, an overnight race uh, during the summer just to kind of prepare for the night. Mm -hmm. But, mm -hmm. you know, for the 50 miler, I had, a, I had um, some sips of coffee and pizza mm -hmm. and that it worked fine for me then. Mm -hmm. But then I did the same thing thinking, well, I did that for this race, it'll work for the hundred. And I did that. And it, that was actually what kind of triggered it, but it was through the night. And I, and I do agree. Like I, most people aren't used to eating through the nighttime. Mm -hmm. And so it did, it felt like I'm, I don't want to eat, you know, yeah. I should be asleep. Yeah. So yeah, it's almost like tricking your body to think, no, you have to, you're moving. You've got to consume something. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's interesting what we can get, get through that you don't, <laughs> your body, it's interesting what you can make your body do when you need it to. Um, For sure. So I went back and looked at, um, this weekend, looked through some photos uh, from the race and your finish line photos, because those are my favorite things to look at always at a race, <laughs> finish line photos. Um, yeah. So I love them. And I want you to tell me if you can remember a little bit about who are in the photos and um, just kind of what you were feeling as you got towards the end, because I know there that you had some people pushing you at the end. Um, so tell me what you remember about that and just who the people in the finish line were that were there that you remember. Um, if you want so, to do a shout out to any of them, now's a good time to do that. <laughs> okay, I will. So yeah, I, you know, the first 50 went really well. I even, if this tells you how bad the 50 miler was the year before that we did uh I shaved like five hours off my time so that just tells you how muddy it was the previous year um but then so the last two loops were extremely difficult uh you know I had been there was a for people that don't know there's a 36 hour time limit on it um mm -hmm. you have 36 hours which sounds like a lot of time mm -hmm. uh and maybe for people that have done multiple hundreds it is I, for me <laughs> i i've made it with yeah i think there's a dispute like I, apparently when i came in they said I, I had three seconds left but my time on um my official time was like more like three and a half minutes I finished before uh, the race was over. Um, but yeah, leading in up to that point, um, my husband, I, you know, I had a, a pacer, uh, Sean, he paced for three of the loops. Uh -huh. um, and poor thing, the, so the seventh loop, there was eight loops. The seventh loop I was so, I slowed down tremendously. Uh, I was having some knee pain and you know as you know the course is up and down up and down so the downs were really tough on my knee um, so I was kind of going slower to kind of nurse it a little bit and um, I was about halfway through climbing up and just the fatigue and 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 just being tired and just I just was like crying and, <laughs> <laughs> and he probably felt like he was crawling. Um, uh -huh. But yeah, so my last loop, my husband came out with me to pace me. And he was super encouraging. Uh, but about, 
I don't know, a mile in, mile and a half in, kind of standing at the top of the hill and kind of looking down. And he's like, I don't want to have to tell you this, but you have to do this loop faster than your last loop or you won't finish in time. And I was like, what? what? Like, I, I can't. I, I can't go that fast. And he, might have just, really, uh, he might as well just told you you had to fly the last loop, right? Like, both were exactly. seemed improbable at this point. <laughs> For sure. So I'm just, like, standing there crying. And he's like, just let's keep going. So I don't know. I just kind of get the second wind. And my knee pain is, like, easing up a lot. And I'm just, you know, at this point, let's be honest, it's more of a shuffle than right. a run. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm shuffling where I can shuffle and then, you know, hiking up these big steep, uh, climbs. And, and, um, so, um, about, so the half, I say the halfway point, it was where the last, like the middle aid station was, um, the, one of the race directors said, um, there was one other guy that was behind me. So I was kind of like pulling in the rear and um, he was like, he'll probably pass you soon. And I was like, well, okay, <laughs> you know, that's fine, whatever. Um, and we get about, I don't know. I'm, I think there's like a mile and a half, two miles left. And I finally see him, his headlamp. Cause it's, mm -hmm. it's dark again at this point. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, Cause so the race started, I'm just back up a little bit. The race started Saturday morning. This was Sunday evening. Uh-huh. Um, so he passes. And, I mean, he's running like, he runs, like he was running a, you know, 10K. He's like, you're doing great. You're almost there. We only yeah. have, like, less than 30 minutes, and um, and you'll be done. And I'm like. 30 minutes sounds like a long time but when you're like already almost at 100 miles that's not a lot of time right so I'm like hustling and crying all at the same time <laughs> trying to go as fast as I can we come down the last hill and I hear Damon the the director race director mm -hmm. shout to my husband and he said um can she run she, she can she, will she be able to Can run? Can she please she move faster? Yeah, yeah. And he's like, well, um, normally, yeah. And he was like, well, when she hits the pavement, we have to run. And, and he said, she is not going to like me and she's not going to be my friend anymore. So I'm like uh, stumbling down this hill. I get to the pavement. I've had my um, trekking poles the entire time and they take them away. And, you know, I've held them for hundred miles and it felt like they were taking my child away Aww. and um yeah so then he's like we have to run like 11 minute mile and I was like I can't do it and he said you have to so yeah he pushed me uh so hard it I definitely um that last half mile on the road was the hardest thing I felt like I've ever done in my whole entire life it was uh yeah it was ex it was painful and just difficult so across the finish line and um you know everybody's cheering and I'm like oh my gosh there's a lot of people here because this race is over I'm it That's everybody's it. I'm gone home everybody's gone. but I was like wow there's a lot of people here like that's so weird across the finish line and um 
and someone kind of is like wrapping their arms around me and they're like, you're doing a great job. You're doing so you did, you did it. You, you're done. You, you made it. And, um, and I just kind of look up and I'm like, wait a minute, that's my sister. And like my whole family surprised me. Mm. Uh, so yeah, my mom and my sister and my cousin were kind of like in some of those photos that were mm-hmm. kind of holding on to me. And, um, and then I look over and like half my family and a lot of my friends were there. They mm. kind of showed up at the very end to surprise me. So it was, a, it was such a special moment. Yeah. That's awesome. I could tell there were people that were special to you and they also didn't look like they were participants in the race because they looked very freshly showered and like <laughs> <laughs> they weren't yeah, muddy I'm, or, you know. <laughs> yeah. And of course, like the first thing I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, you don't want to hug us. Oh, yeah. Like this is like bad. 36 hours worth of, yeah, grossness. Yeah. Well, and your mom like probably doesn't care. She's just happy you're alive. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. She called me so many times throughout the mm-hmm. race and mm-hmm. just be like I'm sorry to bother you but I just want to make sure you're okay mm-hmm. she was so worried <laughs> yeah as a race participant it's hard to um, spectate at a race like that um, because you can't get out on the course to see people and I mean I know in that course half the time you don't have cell phone reception anyway um so it's not like you could keep people really up to date very easily either. And so I'm sure it was hard for people who were waiting for you to come in um, to not know how you were doing. And yeah, so good for them for showing up to the finish line though. That's amazing. Yeah, it was so special. Yeah, good, definitely. So I, and I saw a picture of you sitting in a chair. So someone got you a chair so you don't have to stand up to take all these photos. But I mean, you looked really great. I don't know how you felt. I mean, obviously you were, you didn't feel the greatest, but you looked really great. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, it's so crazy because I actually like leg muscle wise, I didn't feel, I mean, I was obviously so tired, exhausted is not even the right word, but, uh, mm-hmm. like, and you know, my legs were sore, but I, they didn't feel as bad as I thought they would. Now, once I stopped and I sat down to get back up, things were really starting to like, you know, I had, I I did get a couple blisters on the bottom Mm -hmm. of um, my foot. And so it was hard to walk just because that hurt. Um, But yeah, I mean, physically recovery Mm -hmm. from that point, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't terrible. Not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Well, I mean, that, what that means probably is your training was, you did really well with your training, you know, to, to not feel horrible, you know, or say, I'm, I feel so bad. I'm never going to do that again or anything like that. You know, I did see somewhere where you said something about another race. And so, you know, to me, like, and I can't remember if you said another hundred or you didn't say your last, I guess, was it left it open that you were going to race some more. And I mean, to me, that just kind of is testimony to how, how much you put into your training and not just mentally, but the physical part of it, you know, to have, to have a good experience in the recovery mode is always a good sign that you did well in your training. Yeah. I mean, I definitely had, you know, some, uh, I think it's definitely, the physical part of it is definitely trying and you, you got to get out there and you got to train, mm-hmm. but it is the, the back end of 
hundred, a hundred miles. It is so mental. It really, mm-hmm. like when people say that it is so true. I, mm-hmm. you know, I had some knee pain that, uh, was a little concerned about, but I also felt like it was just overuse pain. Um, sure. So I did have to take, you know, I didn't run at all for about three weeks afterwards. I mean, I physically could not. Mm-hmm. My knee was, I just knew it would just do further damage and I was just kind of letting my body heal. Right. But uh, yeah, it was, recovery was so weird too. I was so exhausted. I'd been up for, you know, basically racing for 36 hours and then I couldn't shut my brain off for Mm -hmm. about a day and a half. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, and I cried every day. Mm -hmm. It was a very emotional, um, I lost like, uh, my taste buds for a couple Mm -hmm. days. It was Mm -hmm. weird, but, um, yeah. And then about three weeks later, I was able to kind of, you know, get back out there a little bit. Right. Yeah, that's so what you're describing is actually not abnormal, but it sounds really abnormal. Um, There's a lot of research out there and um, a couple of female coaches and ultra runners that really look at women's, um, you know, just your biochemistry and your hormones and things. And it's, um, well, running a race like that for anybody is can be very traumatic to your body. So some people will report symptoms of like post-traumatic stress disorder after um, a race. And that's like your whole body has to like rewire itself so that you're sleeping, you're not going to sleep well right away. And, um, you know, kind of go back to that normal. It takes a little bit. So, you know, that would be those are things people should maybe not be surprised to, to experience after something you've done. I mean, especially under the conditions that you did that race course was not as sloppy as it was a year before, but it was still not completely intact by what I could see from the photos. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was definitely still mud, um, uh, pretty muddy. And also, um, they, the course, the end part of the course was a little different than what uh, the year before they mm-hmm. kind of went back to the original, That's right. I believe. Uh, yeah, so some more elevation. Some more, there. Yeah, there was yeah. some more climbs at the, the, the back mm-hmm. end. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a tough course, but the race directors are so supportive and, you know, they want you to finish and Absolutely. everyone was just so amazing. Yeah. I just, yeah, it was it was a, an amazing experience. Well, I'm really proud of you. And I know a lot of us kind of cheered you on from home and um, all the ladies that were at the race that we all knew. So it was fun to be able to watch, even though we couldn't be there. And you've really inspired a lot of women. I think that um, are, we're kind of, we have more and more ladies that are kind of on that crack of, I kind of want to see what the longer distance is like. Um, and so it's one of those things like once you see other people who look like you and are f- similar to you in terms of, you know, your, your mom and that, that is an added layer only because you have to work your training around your family and those kinds of things. I think when people see you do that, then they're more motivated and inspired to do it, try it themselves. So um, people may reach out to you or have reached out to you since you finished your 100 miler and ask you for advice or what would you get if people were thinking about maybe up in their distance? I know you said you had done a few marathons before you went to the 50 mile distance. What is your, what's your advice 
to people who are maybe thinking about jumping up to the ultra distances and uh, just aren't sure if they're ready to make the leap yet? Um, I would, I guess I would just say, um, have, you know, you can do it. You have more faith in yourself. I think like training yourself to believe that anything is possible. I mean, I know that kind of sounds corny, but mm -hmm. I do really truly believe that like, if it's something that you really would like to try, then kind of just go all in and say, I can do this. Um, and then, you know, listen to your body. I'm a huge, huge believer in just, you know, have, have, have goals, set a plan, but, but things happen and not be hard on yourself because it's not perfect. And just like, go out and have fun. Just enjoy it. Really, really just try to enjoy. Like if you want to do go up in distance and just, you know, kind of set out some goals for yourself, then just go out and just do it, do it and have fun. Um, and, and it's just kind of trial and error, but I think we're a little hard on ourselves. I, I see it a lot of that too. I, not, you know, not just in this group, but just in runners. Cause I think we all are really hard on ourselves, mm -hmm. um, to be better, mm -hmm. but, um, just kind of do your own thing, you know, mm -hmm. um, you don't have to be the fastest, <laughs> obviously mm -hmm. I brought in the tail end. But I, I, I don't even, it did not bother me at all. Like it just right. did not even bother me. Like I could care. I really genuinely could care less. Like yeah. it was just about to finish for me. And I think there's expectations of setting goals for yourself and just being realistic with that mm -hmm. and, and, mm -hmm. just, and just kind of, I don't know. Just and being flexible. I mean, if you hadn't been flexible you know, you may have not, you know, met the goal and finished on time, you know, I mean, I'm sure there are different points during that entire race where you had to change your plan yes. or do something different than what you thought you were going to have to. And I think that's part of being a really successful runner is being flexible because if you try to be really rigid or you can't wrap your mind around doing something a little bit differently in the moment of the, of the race, it can, you know, it can set you yeah, up it, to fail. So yes, it like rarely goes the way that you plan it to go. <laughs> and like if you life, tell yeah. yourself, oh my gosh, yeah. Like, so if you tell yourself that in the beginning, like everything is going to be an obstacle, like no matter what, and you're just going to take it and you're going to say, okay, you know, just, I'm going to change this or, I, you know, I'm, I've slowed down here. So, you know, maybe I have to skip out on this part of the, like of this uh -huh. aid station. Uh -huh. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's strategy the entire race for mm -hmm. it for everything shoe change mm -hmm. all of it yeah you can't have you can't set too high expectations especially when you're just starting off with big races like that it's just right give, give yourself a little a little break a little break yeah I yeah. think that's good advice okay well last question before we wrap up and this is always a, a question that i ask everybody that comes on the podcast as you know this is the bluegrass bammer podcast so we all know what bammer stands for in terms of the acronym but i'm just wondering if somebody uh if you hear the word bammer somebody describes somebody else as a bammer what does that mean to you what are some words or what are some characteristics that you think of when you think of a bammer um you know kind of like i said just being supportive to other 
other women runners and lifting kind of each other up and, and helping each other reach their goals or, you know, whether it's, you know, a mile or, you know, I, I think there's a little bit for me personally too, because I have ran these long distance runs that mm-hmm. I won't go out and do a two mile walk with, you know, uh, my, my mom or my sister. Like I am all about encouraging anyone um, to just be active and enjoy mm-hmm. what you do. Yeah. Awesome. I, yeah. Well, I definitely I think that, you're a bammer. You fall in my, you fall in that category for me for all of those reasons. And I mean, obviously other things, I mean, I just think you're somebody that, um, you know, you really embrace the journey that you're in and you do have that unique perspective that maybe some people, um, wouldn't have going through, you know, the health challenges that you did and coming out on top and doing something you really never even had thought of that would be possible maybe at some other point in your lifetime. So I think you're very inspiring. And um, I hope people listen to this and know that, you know, they can, that you'll go out on a, you know, five mile run. It's like, okay, (laughs) you're not, you know, like you're not above anyone else just because of the distance that you've completed. And I think that's what a lot of people really appreciate about you. Um, So thank you for being very positive and for sharing your journey with us today. I know people will take a lot from it. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. And yeah, like shout out to anybody that wants uh, whatever kind of miles you want to get, whether, <laughs> and maybe it's, it's maybe just going for a hike because you've never been on a trail before. I'm right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm there. So yeah. Thank Are you, you in so Trail much. Sisters? Are you in the Trail Sisters group too? Yes. Yes, yeah. I am. So they do like beginner, um, trails for people who are absolutely new and I think that's a really safe way for people to go out and experience it and have people I mean I remember the first time I did trail running I have no clue what I was doing I was so grateful uh, to have people out there that had had lots of miles on trails to help me learn uh, to do it in a safe way and still meet the goals um, that I wanted to meet so yeah Trail Sisters is a good one um, yes, it is. It's a, it's a great group of girls, a lot, which a lot of them were, you know, with MRTT yeah, also. Yeah. But. yeah. All right, Ashley. Well, hopefully I'll see you out on trails sometimes. Uh, I'm, I am road training. Well, I mean, all of the training I think is, well, race training is paused right now, but I mean, I'm still running roads, but I love to do trails, especially in the spring and the fall. So hopefully I'll catch you out there on some soon. Yeah, for sure. And I'm always bouncing back and forth. I like, I'm a switcher up type of person. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like keeping it fresh. Different things, so, yes, for sure. Awesome. So, well, yeah, actually, I'd love to meet up. Yeah, let's cross paths soon, hopefully. Yeah, that sounds great. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, and we'll see you out there. Oh, wait. Thank you, so you know what? I didn't ask you what your next challenge is. Totally forgot. That was off my radar. Are you signed oh. up for anything right now? Well, uh, pending, yes. Uh-huh. I'm supposed to be doing the last soul standing, which is oh. uh, in May. Yeah. Um, but uh, which I was super excited about because it's very different style of race. Uh-huh. But um, yeah, I'm not sure if they're gonna, you know, COVID nineteen. I don't know if we're gonna have it 
right or if he's going to postpone it or do it next year i'm not sure but well there that is going to be fun to watch and let, i feel bad for anybody who's going to go out there and try to take you on after hearing this story today so good luck to any of ashley's competitors. <laughs> oh gosh Oh, well, I don't know. I might have I'm to just... come out and like be a looky-loo for that one if it if it goes on. Out of sheer curiosity, I may come out there and check that out. That would be awesome. It sounds so fun. So I hope yeah. it happens sooner or later. So yeah. Awesome. Fun All right. Well, keep us posted on that. And if you have any social media accounts that are public that you want to share, um, you can do that and we'll put them in the show notes too so people can check out your adventures. Yeah, for sure. That okay. sounds great. Thanks a lot, Ashley. Have a good rest of the week. Thank you so much. You too. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bluegrass Bammer podcast. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe to the podcast so you can catch the next episode when it's live. Also, you can find me um, on my blog. That is bluegrassbammer.wordpress.com or you can follow me at bluegrassbammer on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. See you next time and until then, happy running.